Hello, this is Welcome. the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Welcome to the Big Planet Comics Podcast. On NPR. On NPR. <laughs> on Spooky NPR. <laughs> Today on Spooky NPR, we're going to talk to Diane Scream. Hey, yo. Oh. Um, okay. And uh, another one. <laughs> another Carl one. Haunted Castle. Uh, oh, nice. <laughs> And Mo Rocca. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Hey, how's it going? This is uh, episode 120 of the Big Planet Comics podcast. Man. Um, it feels we like we haven't done a podcast in like a month. You know why it feels like that? Why? <laughs> because we haven't done a podcast in a month. Yay. We're getting really bad at this. But you know what? SPX Ooh. is over. There's yeah. been Aww. reasons, yeah. Yeah, so. Lots of reasons. We had yeah. some funerals. We had some. Uh, oh, okay. That's the end of the geez. podcast. <laughs> some SPX hey. things. A uh, couple of conventions. Working yes. on comics. A couple know. of trips. Yep, a lot of stuff happening. Uh, but anyway, this is episode 120 of the most comprehensive podcast on the internet for, thrown <laughs> in regards to any subject of anything yeah. <laughs> um Might yeah. be true my name is kevin i'm nick i'm jared yeah and we're here we're gonna do it we're gonna review a lot of books this week because there's been a lot of stuff going on we're gonna talk about all kinds of news three different stories yep um <laughs> we got some questions from people and uh i guess we're gonna review a game what's the yeah okay we're gonna review a game how <laughs> we do uh yeah I was going to say, uh, do, do, should we do an egg segment again? Oh, yeah. We can talk right. about eggs. Yeah. yeah. About no. eggs. Uh, got a lot of feedback about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> from our fans. I, I've got an egg story from Canada. Oh, well, there we go. Exciting. So, yeah. Very <laughs> exciting. Um, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. So what's been going on, you guys? Um, SPX has been going on. We should talk about SPX because we all got stories. Hey, follow us on Twitter. You should. Subscribe on iTunes. You should do that, too. <laughs> the, follow us on Tumblr. The email is... Big Planet Comics at Big Planet Comics at Big Planet Com- Big Planet Comics at Big Planet Comics dot Big Planet Comics dot com. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, SPX happened. We were all involved in that. So maybe we should just start with that. Let's go around the table. Well, what is the SPX? Uh, well, SPX is the Small Press Expo. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it's held every year in North Bethesda, Maryland. Yeah. Very which near is just Rockville, but they call it North Bethesda. It's very near to Washington. Is it White Plant? Yeah. It's it's near it's Washington D.C. Yeah. Um, and what about it? Uh, it's uh, hundreds of independent cartoonists all getting together and selling their stuff. Their stuff. It's the 20th year. They've been going for a while. It gets bigger and better every year. Uh, and yeah, so it's very intimate. Uh, everyone's very friendly, but it's also very casual. Like, you can just hang out with these people after the show or like, you know. Or just leave as soon as it's over. That's true. People do that too. <laughs> I'm saying Saturday night. They have like an yep. award ceremony. No, uh, I left. I'm saying you could have Nick stayed. Nick left. <laughs> I could have stayed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Mostly it's, uh, there's a big floor and you can go and you talk to a bunch of cartoonists. You can buy stuff from them. There's programming all weekend long. Big guests. We were all at different tables. We were. Year. We were all yeah, at different split tables. Up. Yeah. We should so, fix that next time. So, what, what was going on? Uh, Jared, what were you doing at your table? Uh, I was representing Retrofit and Big Planet Comics. So, I was hanging out with Box Brown and a bunch of Retrofit artists, uh, Andy Mall, uh, Sam Alden, and who else came by? Um, Maddie Flores and uh, Roman Muradov all came by and signed, which nice. was really cool. Josh Bayer? Uh, he was two tables away, but he actually never came over and signed for us. Josh Bayer. James Kolchaka? Oh, yeah. And he came by. Yeah. We put out one of his new books and nice. Anne's, news, Anne's new book and Box's new book. So all three of them were signing, which was Very cool. cool. He came by my table, too. Oh, Nick, your table. What I were was, you selling? Uh, I was selling Gang War number two. Right, hey. on, right on time. <laughs> yep. The uh, second issue of my monthly comic, just uh, about 11 <laughs> months late. 
Hopefully I'll do more before that. But it was cool, yeah. James Kolchaka came by. Oh, yeah? Um, did he buy one? No. Oh. Brandon Graham came by. That was cool. He didn't buy one either. Who did? Brandon Graham. Oh, wow. That's cool. But that was cool because... Uh, You're like, $2. Come on, you Next bastards. to me was um, a friend of mine named Chris, and, and his uh, his 17-year-old son was there, and he was giving people donuts for comic uh, for doodles. He was like, uh, draw me something. I'll give you a donut. That's a good deal. And, um, yeah. Uh, Brandon Graham was walking by. He's like, hey, you want to draw me something? I'll give you a donut. He's like, all right. And he drew him like a full page landscape. <laughs> That's awesome. That's um, great. And then I saw James Kolchaka like at the table next to us. And I was like, ask that guy to do you a doodle. Because he's like, I don't know who that is. He's like, just do it. And he drew him a doodle. And that was really cool, too. And it was fun. That's cool. Fun. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Graham seems like a super nice guy. Like at, he was super nice. After SPX uh, on Saturday, everybody was like, hanging out and drinking and stuff and brandon graham was there and he was just sitting at a table like drawing sketches for people all right it was yeah awesome. <laughs> like great. like just on his own time like hey this is fun who wants me yeah. to draw him a silver surfer yeah a lot we of talked a lot about canada like to draw <laughs> oh canada yeah okay oh hey hey uh that brings us up to death of wolverine let's do our reviews <laughs> should we do news we love oh yeah we can do news wait wait uh Kevin. I was also at SPX. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, selling a bunch of comics. I had a comic uh, called Mutant Punks. It was uh, pretty sweet. Yeah. It has a longer name, Mutant Punks F Off, but this is a family-friendly podcast. True. And uh family off. Yeah. And I printed up a bunch of those and sold out. Yay. So that was Fudge. cool. Yeah. And uh, I made some toys. Uh, by the way, Jared Morgan is the guy that drew Mutant Punks, and he's, he's awesome. Really good. Yeah, he's really, really good. And What's he done? He's got stories in uh, Spira, and what else is he? Yeah, he did a published? story in Spira that I lettered, actually. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah, and he, just, he, do, he draws a ton of stuff on Tumblr. Yep. Uh, he's great. Uh, I definitely Follow recommend him following him. And, uh, yeah, he's awesome. And Mutant Punks did really well at the show. I was excited about that. People seemed excited about it. That's pretty sweet. And uh, so we're going to do a second printing coming up pretty soon. So that's Ooh. cool. Yeah. And I made some toys with my roommate, uh, Brooke Allen. And these toys were characters from It was a Mutant character Punks. snot from Mutant Punks. And uh, yeah, they were all handmade. And we sold a bunch of those too. I think the packaging was the most amazing part. Like not only did he make toys, he made like the plastic box and labeling that you'd see a toy in. I stole, yeah, like, I stole one. Did oh, you? Really? Yeah. One was stolen. Uh, that was me. Was it really? Yeah, that was me. Oh, you owe me money. <laughs> I, do, I, do. I borrowed it. I was like, oh, I'm going to show this to somebody, and then I never. And you still have it. It's very expensive. Do you want to buy it? Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. It. Uh, cool. Because we were like, oh, we lost a toy, and these took a long time to make. <laughs> well, that's good to know. Um, and uh, yeah, and I had some other stuff reprinted Zodiac Star Force, and uh, I had a comic called Frog Eyes that was new with Brooke, and yeah, it was it was good. And I tabled Paulina Gana Show, who's yeah. my partner in crime when it comes to comics usually. Yep. And she had a bunch of cool stuff, too. And, yeah, we had a fun weekend. She also did uh, Fosters this week. Yeah, which we'll talk about in the review section. Uh, yeah, what? She, she had a – it's not written down on there, but we're going to oh. talk about it anyway. Right. She's <laughs> a bud of the show. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I thought SPX was cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I the after, it was great. The after-party stuff was a little weird this year. Usually we all get kind of crammed into one little space, so everybody's kind of forced to talk to each other. Yeah. But I felt this year, because they had their prom thing going on in one room. That's true. And then people were kind of spread out downstairs and upstairs. Oh, really? That everybody was kind of, um, they were like all broken off into little pockets. So it wasn't yeah. like people weren't forced to mingle quite as much. Yeah, I was only upstairs. I didn't even went downstairs. So I and, Well, that's that. where the prom was. You didn't I go to the prom? I walked past it right when it was starting, and it did not go in. Uh, it started out a little lame. Yeah. But then it got... Like prom? Yeah, then it got hopping. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It happened. And then I went home. I went home at like midnight, which oh, is really? for me really early yeah, for crazy. an SPX. I stayed yeah. up till two. No, I, I had yeah. to. I, I don't know. I was wiped out. Yeah, I went home at uh, seven. No, yeah. but I stayed up till two anyway. <laughs> yeah, I went home right after on Sunday. Well, I went to count some money and then I went on home. Sunday. I got yeah. drunk enough to sing Purple Rain. That was fun. That's pretty oh, good. Cool. Are you drunk right now? Yeah, maybe. You want to sing Purple Rain? No. Okay. Um, yeah, and I feel like we've probably been doing lots of other stuff, but that was kind of the thing that took up a yeah, lot there was of a our lot of, a lot minds. Of, a lot of prep for small press. definitely exhausted me. Yeah. A lot of TV shows are starting back, so that's a pretty exciting time around here. Let's go into news then. Yeah. I got some TV show news. Let's do it. It's just in. Marvel's Agents of Shield has got some casting news. This just saying there is news. <laughs> there is news. Uh, so the first episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to feature Holly Atwell as Agent Carter from the uh, soon-to-be coming out Agent Carter, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, no, is, it, is that what it's called? No, it's just called Agent I think Carter. it's called Agent... Agent Carter. I think it's just <laughs> called Agent Carter, yeah. Agent Carter, but it's coming as a mid-season replacement for, Ag- for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, but she's going to be in it. Neil McDonough is going to reprise his role as Dum Dum Duggan. And Brian Patrick Wade is going to appear as Carl Creel, a.k.a. The Absorbing Man. So we all know who awesome. The Absorbing Man is. Yeah. But who is Brian Patrick Wade? I have no idea. Oh, okay, he's, cool. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I knew he was. He was from something. Nick knows this. Anyway. Deep, um, deep in his he's brain. From stuff. But uh, also James Darcy has been cast as Edwin Jarvis. <gasps> what? <laughs> and, well, Lu- and Lucy Lawless is also going to be yeah, on Yeah, yeah, she's going to be on it. Well, yeah. maybe if it's like an old... Is this all set in olden days? Oh, maybe he's I Jarvis like back in the 40s. Then he would be Jarvis for the original Stark. Maybe he's Howard Stark's butler. Right. Maybe. And then Tony Stark is like, I'm going to name it Jarvis as memory of right. the old dude who once took care of us. And then he's like, I'm drunk. I'm, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm the superior Iron Man. I'm Charlie Chaplin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sherlock Holmes. Uh, so <laughs> I'm yeah. Sherlock Holmes. Wait, wait. Was he young Sherlock Holmes too? No. No, he was just Sherlock Holmes. Oh. So the new Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, season is shaping up pretty nicely. Yeah. I, you know, that first season was pretty rough for a little while, and then I thought it got pretty great. Yeah. Uh, anyway, next, uh, this is the most important piece of news right here. Most I- important I- news. IDW has announced a Garbage Pail Kids one-shot. Yay. Not, <laughs> not only that, but it's it's going to be Wait, hold on. Drawn. Jared, you don't have any affinity towards Garbage Pail Kids? They weren't a part of your childhood? My friends had them, but I never really had them myself, so no. I was into them. Um, I was, yeah, I had a lot yeah, of them. Um, I, I have a Garbage Pail Kids art book that I, I like a lot. I saw yeah. the movie in theaters. Um, <laughs> There's a movie? Yeah. Yeah, there was a really terrible wow. movie. But, um, I don't know, it's like, great. It never seemed like my thing. I was like, mm. I you know I didn't know it at the time, but Art Spiegelman was like the art director on all I that stuff. That. That's great. And uh, yeah, and all the art was by this guy, John Pound, who now does crazy art that is all... Huh. Uh, generated by computers not like he draws on a computer but like he like creates algorithms computer. that yeah, create yeah. like images it's crazy uh, well i mean this is the best thing art speaking one's ever done yeah wacky packages is pretty good too and mouse mouse was okay. <laughs> did you do wacky packages <laughs> he did wacky packages yeah um, and mouse raise the game but the garbage pill but garbage pill garbage pill kids sorry uh-huh. uh it's definitely better than In the Shadow of No Towers. <laughs> definitely is. It's yeah. better than Mouse for, in, in my book. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah, in your book. Um, but, Pulitzer uh, Prize winning Garbage Pail Kids. Here's the here's reason why. Because the Garbage Pail Kids one shot is going to be drawn by Peter Bag, <laughs> Dean Haspiel, and a lot more, indie, and more. Yeah. indie comics artists to be announced. That's, That's awesome. cool. Which is pretty crazy. I saw Dean Haspiel in an interview just recently told, like, uh, basically just said, don't do comics. 
Yeah. <laughs> like as a career, exactly. don't no, no. do comics. He said don't do it as a career, which I think is interesting. It's like have a real job and do comics in your spare time. Which I think is like the exact opposite advice you would give anybody who wants to be successful in an artistic field. I don't think so. Nobody can be successful no, in comics. There's, yeah, there's not much what money. Why don't Francis you? Nah. What about Jim Chung? Nah. <laughs> what about... He's done three comics in the last two years. Hey, he drew part of the new issue of Avengers. Part of <laughs> he it. did. He drew an issue of um, Infinity. Yeah. Or part of one. <laughs> okay. Uh, the next piece of news, DC announced a new Secret Six series written by Gail Simone and art by Ken Lashley. Which, that's cool. Um, part of that is cool. I don't know about Ken Lashley, but... Did Ken Lashley draw the original? Was it Dale Eaglesham who yeah, drew the original? Maybe. But I, I think this is good for Gail Simone fans because, you know, she's off Batgirl. Yeah. Um, with Cameron Stewart and Bab Starr coming in to... And she's back on Secret Six. Yeah, and Secret Six, I think, is one of her best comics. Yeah. It was and always it's got fun. Catman in it. I don't yeah. know who else is in it. Probably Ragdoll or whatever that maybe. guy's name is. I don't know. And uh, all those other people. Deadshot. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all, I don't know anything about DC Secret Comics. Who? Isn't his name Deadshot? Maybe. Yeah, I don't Deadshot know. is definitely a character. Hey, cool. Nailed it. Uh, yeah, so Secret Six coming out. And then we got a bunch of uh, events going on. Jared, tell us about them. All right. Uh, we'll be celebrating or uh, lamenting celebrating. Banned Books Week, uh, <laughs> September 21st to 27th. Yeah, Banned Books. Uh, yeah, let's ban some more. Uh, let's see how many books we can get banned in that week. Probably quite a few. Yeah. But yeah, this uh, year it's focusing on comics and graphic comic. novels. So yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> Um, so we'll have a features at our store showing, uh, all the comic books, which you'll be very surprised have been banned, but there are a bunch of idiots out there. Uh, then Saturday, October 4th, uh, this is the Richmond Zine Fest. We'll set up a table down there to sell our stuff, maybe with some guest Big Planet stars. And then the Wednesday after that, October 8th, uh, Otis Frampton, uh, will be signing Oddly Normal Number 1 at our Vienna store. Yeah, which came out this week, and we're going to yep. talk about it in spoiler. our review section. Is that a spoiler? Yeah. Oddly Normal One came out this week. Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, you guys want to do... Uh, we have some questions. Sure. sure. You guys want to do that? Let's do it. All right. Up first this week, we have a question that is very topical. This is from Michael K. Michael says, hey, guys. Hey. Nick. Hey. I was wanting to know how you all felt about the use of death in comics. Good. Being that with books that have a real-world set of rules, it can be a long-lasting or permanent event. Uh, in superhero books mainly, it can have an emotional impact and can be something permanent uh, given who actually dies. But ultimately, with some characters, it just becomes a countdown until when they come back resurrected in one way or another. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, and thanks for taking the time to read this, and hopefully it made some sense. It did. It did. Huh? Uh, huh? Yeah. So basically, how do we feel about death in comics? I feel like this is a conversation I've been having a lot because this oh, yeah? whole death of Wolverine thing is going oh, yeah. on right now. Well, she's in love with Thanos, right? Yep. Death is in uh, Infinity Gauntlet. And yeah. <laughs> um, and Sandman. And so it's weird. This is obviously mostly about superhero comics or yeah. 100% about superhero comics. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think my main thought is that death is a very dramatic event particularly when you come to like genre storytelling like a superhero type comic you know characters die and it's a very dramatic thing that happens yeah uh and in anything like soap operas yeah sure movies yeah life um (laughs) yeah and i think because comics are such a uh long-running industry that tell monthly stories with the same characters Mm -hmm. uh over sometimes as long as 75 years with like captain america uh um it's just kind of a thing that is gonna happen it's gonna happen yeah and if the stories are well done 
you know, which sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't, uh, then if they're I mean, well done, then I want to read them. Yeah. And if they're not, and they can have emotional impact. You yeah, know? I mean, one of the best, uh, more recent ones was the Death of Johnny Storm. Oh, that was kind really of cool. subsequent re- yeah. resurrection, which was kind of all part of the same story written by the same writer, which which can be kind of interesting. Um, and when you, like uh, when you have a character die in a comic, you can explore aspects of their relationship with other characters that you couldn't if they didn't. Yes, like for example, um, when Johnny Storm died, there was a really poignant moment in. Uh, that issue or the issue after it where basically peter uh spider-man is um comforting franklin richards and he said the secret had ended (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he and he says you know like i had an uncle that died too you know and it was tough but like it made me strong and like that stuff like that can be very emotional put it in that context yeah like what it would be like for a whole new generation yeah so so i think you know i think i think you can tell stories with it that can be interesting and it's also you get to see kind of like how the heroes react like when Captain America, Steve Rogers got killed, is that someone else would try to step up and take his place. And so even people who thought they weren't ready for it. So there's some interesting... Yeah, it's like Batman. When when, yep. uh, when Bruce Wayne died, you got uh, the Batman and Robin stuff with... Uh, with Nightwing and Damien. Yeah, with or, uh, uh, Dick Grayson Christian, and Damien. And, and awesome. that stuff was really interesting because yeah, you got yeah. to see a new dynamic. It kept things fresh for a while. So it's like a lot of times the things that people don't like are the things that will freshen up a comic. Like when yeah. when Peter Parker basically died. Yep. Uh, and you, we had Superior Spider-Man for two years. And it was a really interesting, different take on right. a Spider-Man comic. And so, um, think, but then sometimes it's terrible. Yeah. Like when Superman died. Oh, boy. You know, and the whole, everything that happened after that was Yeah, when it, was I think it's, awful. it's when they're just doing is a gimmick which basically was death of superman but it's also that i think he's got a good point about how it's kind of a cheap gimmick that often not th- not the death but so much that they come back so quickly well the cool thing about so. it nowadays is that um they know all that so they know like all right we're gonna kill this character off we're probably gonna have to bring him back at some point right. well, let's figure out how and why before we kill him off where maybe of- yeah where maybe in the past it was like characters were brought back is like because they were like, gimmick. oh, we have to bring this yeah. character back. Like, and right. yeah, now they kind of they'll they'll work it into what they're doing, like an actual storyline. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's like we want the characters to come back because they're yeah. characters that we, we like. like. So I mean, maybe you don't want them to die, but also we all know that Spider Man would be like like seventy years old right now. You know, right. it's like yeah. you look past certain things when you read superhero comics because it's such a weird format. And I don't know. I, I think like you were can, saying earlier, you were saying something like, um, you know. Uh, people complain. Well, if um, you know if, if this character is going to die, I know he's going to come back at some point. It's like, yeah. Well, you also know, you know, like if this character is going to fight Doctor Doom, they're probably going to win. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. There's, there's certain things that just there's, happen. Yeah. There's definitely a level of predictability in right. superhero. And comics. if they're written well enough, then that's fine. Yeah, know. I mean, you can read a comic that's about a fight that's really exciting, even though we've been watching villains and heroes fight each other for however many years. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Captain good thing America though, is always going to beat Red Skull. Is if you don't like that stuff, you can just, there are a million other kinds of comics yeah, to read. Right. And uh, a lot of them are really good. And a lot of them are, I don't know, there are some good superhero comics now, but a lot of them yeah. are better than superhero comics. I mean, it's inherent, inherent with superhero comics. You just yeah. have to kind of live with this. And uh, Death of Wolverine's pretty good, so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler, yeah. All right, well, thanks for the question, Michael. Uh, it's always appreciated. The next question is from Pat. Serial question asker, Pat. Our favorite. Pat yeah. Alicio? Uh, yeah, no, sure. No, probably not. No, could be. No, Pat, different last name. Uh, I'm probably. sure you guys get people asking for things that you don't carry, like baseball cards or other collectibles. What is the strangest thing someone has ever asked you to sell? Or if you, has ever asked if you sell? Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, uh, go ahead. Oh, well. Yeah. So you guys are right above a 
uh, an adult bookstore. Yeah. Yep. So let's just yep. say things from there, and we're like, you're in the wrong store. People ask for... Yeah, can I say... Can no, I just say? leave it at that. That's can you say what? Poppers? Poppers, yeah. You can say poppers. People ask for poppers. If you, like, know, if you know what it is, you're not offended. Um, yeah. Google, it. <laughs> Google it if you don't know what poppers well, are. Don't, or don't, don't, don't Google, Google it. it. Yeah, yeah, Google it. If you're a um, child, don't, don't Google it. Yeah, if you're above the age of 18, Google it. If you're a child, I'll buy you alcohol, though. <laughs> so just send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people ask us for, yeah, all sorts of things. Uh Oh, yeah, I don't want to get into it. It gets gross. Yeah, so it's definitely fine. definitely hear people ask for crazy things because they get confused as to what store they're in because it's an adult bookstore downstairs. Yep. And then... Um, they walk in like, comics. Yeah, people come in asking us for baseball cards and stuff a lot yep. uh, out at my location. I don't really get questions about a lot of really crazy things. No, there's things like, do you, do you buy magic singles? Like, oh, yeah, I get a lot of that. People want to know if we buy, like, Pokemon cards. Yep. Unfortunately, the, the thing that happens a lot is people call with their collections yeah that they're super excited about that they've done no research on and they want to know how much money they're going to get for their like all their robin 2 hologram (laughs) covers and like all their death of supermans that they've been saving actually one really funny thing that we get pretty often is i got it today um people come in and they're like hey do you guys repair television (laughs) (laughs) what um because uh apparently this used to be an electronic store at least Six Seven years ago, years ago, yeah, um, and somehow it's still online somewhere, somewhere. and people keep coming by. It. Can you fix my VCR? I'm it was like, like a what? shoe store more recently than an electronic store, yeah. and we get more electronic. Yeah, we've stuff. been here for three years. It was a shoe store for at least a year or two before that. So I don't know how long ago the electronic store was here. But people come in asking to repair their TV, and I'm like, sorry. Man. So the weirdest thing Nick, we get is Nick's people pretty good at it. asking buy, buy a new TV to people to repair their TVs so that they can watch adult movies on them, mm-hmm. and then that's it. That's it. Just that. Cool. Well, thanks for your question, Pat. If yeah. you guys have questions, you can send those questions to podcast at bigplanetcomics.com, or you can send them to our Twitter at Big Planet Comics, or you can send them to our Facebook if you use Facebook anymore. Yeah. And, or you can send Tumble. them to... Ask us on a Yep, Tumble. you can ask us on Tumblr. Tumble at us. You can call us. <laughs> oh, yeah. You should do that. I'm not going to give out the phone number on this you podcast. Know. Everyone knows. But you know. Hey, you can follow me on Twitter at Kevin Panetta. That's true. One eight hundred comic book. <laughs> that's pro- I think that's the comic shop locator number. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that too is too many numbers. That- <laughs> that's all right. You, it doesn't. You're just still typing, and then. Uh, all right. So that's it for questions. You yeah. guys want to review some of these books? Sure. sure. Let's do it. We love comics. They're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Let me shake this paper in front of them. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. All right. Up first this week. We've got Avengers number 35. I know what you're thinking. The Avengers. I can't wait to hear what they think about it. So this is written by Jonathan Hickman. We didn't review 2 through 34, though. Yep, we're going to do that as well. Uh, With art by a bunch of people, which is usually a bad thing, but maybe not so much in this issue. This is uh, art by Jim Chung, Mm. Paco Medina, Mm -hmm. Nick Bradshaw, and Dustin Weaver. Dustin Weaver. What has Dustin Weaver been up to? I don't know, man. Not much. He drew that shield thing. Yeah, I know he's done something since then. <laughs> he drew, you know, he drew some of Avengers or New Avengers, I believe. Maybe. The current run. Anyway, so this is uh, the beginning of a new storyline, sort sure. of. Uh, this is uh, all takes place eight months in the future. And Nick, you've been keeping up with Avengers pretty well. I Why actually just you... caught up on the last uh, five issues of Avengers and New Avengers. Hey, I was gonna, you know. Let it um, seem like you were caught up for a long time, but go there ahead. was some interesting stuff actually <laughs> um, in the last storyline in Avengers. Captain America went on this crazy travel through time and he found out that his goal is basically to stop the illuminati which is you know um the characters the new avengers and in new avengers the illuminati has uh just 
destroyed a world. They uh, they had to kill a world to stop it from the. uh, There was an incursion between our world and another world. And Namor picked up the thing and destroyed the world. Oh, Namor. And Namor has formed a cabal of bad guys that include Thanos um, and two of his minions and Maximus, Backbow's brother, and Black Swan. Okay. And Terminator. No, what is that guy's name? Terax. But anyway. So yeah. So what uh, does all that have to do with this? So that's issue? where the, oh, that's Avengers. where the last <laughs> issues of New Avengers and New Avengers ended. Um, and now this skips ahead eight months. Um, Cannonball is living on uh, another planet with the uh, with Smasher, who now has his baby. <laughs> and that's kind of where we start off, and we slowly get little hints of here and there. We see um, Hyperion and Thor. Thor is with his axe, and he's very sad because he's no longer wielding the hammer. Um, we get a little hints of Tony Stark being kind of uh, a jerk in the future. Um, we don't actually see Captain America, um, no. Falcon as Captain America in the future. It seems like he's definitely going to be in this. He's on the cover. Yeah. And Hulk is on the cover. He's not in it, too. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting because it skipped a, it, The funny thing was when they advertised this, they were saying, you know, it, it's eight months ahead. Um, and it actually matters because <laughs> they're <laughs> kind of poking fun at DC's five years later stuff, yeah. which doesn't matter in any way, I don't think. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see where the where all of this will actually fit in in eight months because there's actually some drastic changes um, in, to, to a lot of characters. Yeah, we see that. Um, su- no, I was about to say a spoiler again. Uh, but we see the Hawkeye and Miss Marvel are working for uh, Shield <laughs> and some other mysterious character who I almost spoiled but didn't. Nick just so Nick spoiled the end of this comic, and then we had to go had back to and editing. delete it so, so he could. <laughs> I, it was almost the first thing <laughs> I said. Yeah. Opening spoiler because I was looking at the last page, but um, the last page was something crazy. Yeah, but anyway, but, anyway, so like Amadeus Cho is working for Iron Man, and he's kind of um, on the other end of this with Shield trying to take him down. Yeah, and the uh, the Illuminati are all missing. Did yeah, you say they're that? All, they're yeah. all missing. They're all on the run. Yeah, um, and they're, they're trying to find out where they by are. Shield basically. Yeah. yeah. So this basically ties into the stuff that's been happening, where you know Captain America says he's going to hunt down the um, you know the Illuminati and find out where they are. So the next however many eight issues or whatever are just going to lead up to what's going on in here, and I guess probably a lot of what's going on in Axis will have a lot to do with this stuff. So yeah, is the next issue take place before this i think so is that how it works oh, is weird. it gonna go backwards i'm i'm not sure what let's see what does it say it in the to back be continued oh it just says to be continued so i wonder yeah, yeah i wonder if uh, i feel like this is just the storyline will just, just run stay like stay in the future a little while and huh. in eight months it'll be around this point that's interesting. maybe cool. i don't know sounds good uh yeah it was a good issue though it was definitely a good jumping on point because i was behind on avengers well, and i was a little confused by it but nick explained I, it well i think it's confusing better. a little bit too because it's just like Weird. eight months in the future yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought also that um, Cannonball was like somebody different, and then I yep. realized it was Cannonball. Cannonball I, didn't, I didn't figure that. Out. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was Iceman. <laughs> <laughs> Even though when he is first introduced, he flies through the door like Cannonball and like bounces Cannonball, off the yeah. walls. I was like, "What is Iceman doing? <laughs> Why is he flying around like Cannonball?" And I thought it was a good good use of all the uh, different artists. They all do actually. Yeah, they all do separate things, segments, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah that's why I said sometimes when you have a bunch of artists like that, it can be rough. But I thought it was all right on this. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, up next, we got Cloaks, number one. This is written by Caleb Monroe with art by Mariano Navarro. So uh, Cloaks follows...
follows this guy um, who's uh, a street magician, mm-hmm. and his father was a magician. He's you know his magicianing runs in his blood, so he's known as like the kid or the New York the new kid, NY kid. Yeah, and um, he. He's basically like uh, like a David Blaine type character, but who has created a big name for himself on Twitter. By doing it, it's kind of like an, a secret persona, so you don't know who he really is. He just shows up and does stuff. Yeah, and then it ends up that he's kind of also using his magic powers to do crimes. Yeah, rip people off. Yeah, to rip people off. Take their watches and stuff. Yeah, and uh, and then... As the story goes on, you find out that he's even more deeply involved in like some bigger stuff. Yeah. And... Uh, you know that's that's kind of all there is to this first issue. I feel like uh, it sets up a lot of stuff. I th- I thought, and um, if you if you read this, there's a cool thing where there's a little there are little hints throughout the book that are presented in like special ways. I don't know how to yeah. I was really confused when I was reading it because certain things are highlighted, and I was like, why are these things highlighted? Yeah. So if you pay attention to that, those things end up being important, which I thought was kind of cool in a magic kind of way, I guess. <laughs> magic. Yeah. Uh, way. yeah. So. Uh, I, th- I thought it was a good first issue. I'll be curious to see where it goes. I thought yeah. it was uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Really? I really like this. I thought this was, I mean, it was just my kind of story. Had a nice Nobody wore a cloak in But they're all cloaking their selves. <laughs> Maybe they're off cloaks later. <laughs> they're, they're cloaking their cloaking They're cloaking their, their souls. Uh, yeah, I just, um, I don't like magic, but really? I thought that this was. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like magic. You don't like magic? It's pretty broad. Well, I like, you know, I don't know. You hate Harry Potter. You like Harry Potter, right? Oh, well, that's real magic. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like illusionists. Yeah, yeah. I don't like like um David Copperfield. David really? David Cop David yeah. Blaine? No, I don't like David Blaine. No. I don't like Dynamo. I like Penn and Teller, kind of. Chris, I like uh, Teller. Chris Angel. Yeah, I don't like Chris Angel. <laughs> I like Teller. I don't like Penn. Penn and Teller are great. <laughs> no. They're a good combo. Teller's great. No, they're both great. <laughs> um although I do watch Wizard Wars. Which is the Penn and Teller reality show with oh, comedians? Really? It's yeah. Great. Oh man, it stinks. Okay, uh, up next we have a comic that I'm going to guess we all liked a lot. This is uh, Copperhead number one. This is written by Jay Fairber, who wrote uh, Dynamo Five. Speaking of the street magician yeah. Dynamo, and also wrote Noble Causes. And uh, the art in this is by Scott Godlewski, who I don't know, but his art is pretty awesome. I it's like great. to start off by saying that Copperheads are the most poisonous snakes in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, also in New York. <laughs> also in New York. Yeah, where I grew up. Oh Diamondback Copperheads. Get around. Copperheads, man. Yeah, so Jared, Copperhead. Tell people what it's about. It's a snake. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so this is basically a very Firefly-esque sci-fi western. I want to say Brave Star. Brave Star, Galaxy Rangers, whatever you got to do. Uh, low-tech world in the far future full of aliens and stuff where a uh, tough... Sheriff slash marshal shows up uh, on a border planet where there's not much technology or civilization to replace uh, the previous uh, sheriff, who was, sheriff who was shot to death doing his job. Um, and so you only know this because she has to wear the uh, the the old sheriff's armor because there's no budget for a new armor and it has a giant bowl <laughs> in it. Yeah, which I thought was pretty awesome. Uh, interesting thing about this is the marshal is a woman and she's bringing her young kid along with her. And clearly they're trying to get away from some horrible mistake that happened or just a bad situation. And so this is them trying to kind of get a new start. But it's uh, very quickly gets, you know, she's trying to, you know, establish herself. And there's the tough uh, kind of sidekick deputy deputy, who is an alien who clearly thinks he should have been promoted up instead of this outsider human being brought in. Uh, And then there's a quick escalation at the end of the series into a murder mystery. 
uh, some crazy stuff going on. And there's a couple of flashbacks to what happened to make them end up on this little planet. And there's some weird stuff with kind of the, the rich old guy who runs the town. Yeah, you get kind of a little bit of world building. There's yep. this yeah. boss hog type character yeah, that go. shows up. And, um, he's got these kind of artificial humans who people are, who seem to be kind of remnants of a, of a war that recently ended. Um, people are very uncomfortable around them. And so that's, you know, a little bit of world building there. And then, yeah, you see kind of, I don't know. Yeah, I think they do a good job of, uh, yeah, you know, all, by all introducing her bits. to this world, yeah. it, it does a really good job of introducing us to the world. And, uh, you know, she's very, like, fish out of water going into this right. new town. Yep. And I think it's done really well. I think her personality comes across great, as do all the other characters yeah. in the book. And uh, it's cool that they're able to do that while also setting up, like, a nice central mystery that makes you want to come back and find yep. out what's going to happen. And the look of the art is really cool. He really gets this kind of weird deserty planet with... I think the thing he's really good at is drawing technology, and then, which you know, looks very hard edged, and then some very goofy, like I'll car- say it's got cartoony a little, aliens. That a little I bit of Fiona Staples in here. Yeah, a little bit of Sean yeah. Murphy, maybe as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the art's really energetic uh, and cool. Yeah, some of it reminds me of maybe James Heron a little bit. Uh, yeah, but uh, it was a good first issue, and I'm definitely gonna be reading yeah, the next one. Super good. Me yeah, super good. Uh, Westerns are cool, and there aren't. Brave Star is awesome. Yeah, Brave Star is awesome. <laughs> Uh, all right. Up next, we've got the death-defying Doctor Mirage. This is written by Jen Van Meter, who wrote uh, Fantastic Four hundredth anniversary Marvel things, <laughs> right? And uh, and art by Roberto De La Torre, who's drawn a ton of stuff. He did Daredevil for a while. Yeah, I did Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, so this is. I thought this was cool. It was very like. Um, this was great. Like really almost it. like Fatal meets Doctor Strange or something kind of feel to this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is about um, a woman named uh what is her name shan dr mirage is that her name yeah i think her name's shan but uh and she can uh kind of communicate with mostly dead people that seems to be her current Mm. kind of day job but then she can also just kind of communicate with uh any kind of supernatural and astral plane type stuff so she gets um she gets hired by this guy who's like super mysterious and you find out a few things about he's her along the guy, way. Yeah. yeah. He's like this rich guy. And along the way you find out like she can talk to dead people, but she can't talk to her husband, her dead husband, right. which is like, you know, kind of a mystery that's set up in this. Right. And then, so she goes and this guy's being like super shady. And basically you find out that he has this tie to this demon and he wants her to, uh, connect with the demon and break the tie. And, uh, but, it gets into a pretty morally gray area that maybe yeah. she doesn't seem very un- very comfortable with, but um, yeah. And by by being there, she kind of gets uh, involved in some crazy stuff. Yeah, and it kind of ties into the mystery of her, you know, husband who disappeared. And yeah, it was. Uh, I was really surprised by how much I like this. It's book. It's really good. Uh, yeah. The dialogue is great. Um, it's it's. I don't know. It feels like a Whedon show. Like yeah. She feels like, like a, snappy and fun and and interesting and lots of mysteries being yeah built certainly up. a good world building of like what the rules are and what kind of magic and stuff happens yeah and, and she feels like a very real person yeah like I I like that she was so central to the story it wasn't like let's set up a million things around her it was right. just like like here is this character and how she's experiencing everything and I thought it was really cool and the art's cool uh, it, you know reminds me a little Sean, Sean Phillips or something like yeah. that or um, Alex Believe maybe yeah because he was drawn Daredevil around that time yeah kind of got that. Vibe, yeah. So uh, a very good first issue and something I'll definitely, yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, yeah, coming back to please buy it. Please buy no, it. Nobody bought it. Please did nobody we, buy we it. Sold very many. Yeah, oh. yeah. possibly one. Oh, we sold a bunch. We should sell because um, it's great. Uh, all right, up next we've got 
Death of Wolverine. Speaking of characters dying. Number one. Uh, this is written by Charles Sewell. Have we ever figured this out? Is it Sewell? Soul. 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 Yeah, I think we're saying Soul. I think it's Soul. Okay. Charles Soul. With art, uh, Charles Soule, of course, writes Superman, Wonder Woman, and he writes She-Hulk, and mm-hmm. he wrote uh, just a million things. Number yep. 27, Strongman. <laughs> <laughs> the things he's best known for, obviously, Swamp Thing. Uh, and art in this is by Steve McNiven, who drew Old Man Logan. Yeah. Which is like one of the best Wolverine things ever, right? Yep. So, uh, yeah. So, this is about uh, Wolverine has lost his healing factor, and now everybody wants to kill him. Yeah, we uh, start off with the very first page. It says the end. Um, and it, it's British Columbia now, and it shows Wolverine surrounded by bodies, and then cuts back to what happened before all this. So I, I'm assuming these last few pages are kind of going to go come back to them at the very end. Oh, yeah. It's you know, um, comics. That's what they yeah, do. Yeah, but it, it leads up to, you know, um, people, Wolverine's trying to get help from Reed Richards and all these other people, and they're like, um, there's nothing we can do, you know. If, you know, we we need more time, and you're you're slowly dying because of this. Um, and uh, Wolverine is hiding on this island, just kind of trying to be alone, trying to, you know, deal with getting old, and you know, all these people are sending it, sending uh, armies to try to kill him. So, like, you know, on his island is just his island is just full of dead bodies of like ninjas and aim agents and stuff. Um, and somebody else nuke comes to the island to try to to kill Wolverine and that's how you kind of find out all this stuff and um I mean it's pretty simple basically Nuke shows up fights Wolverine Wolverine kind of is trying to find out who's trying to kill him and who set out this contract for him you know this uh, bounty on his head and uh yeah he's gonna go back and trace it I think as we go through the series like some more people are probably gonna come try to kill Wolverine <laughs> well the second issue I read I'll, I'll talk about that too I yeah, guess sure. he yeah. kind of goes to Madripoor and uh, tracks down one of the people who's who's trying to kill him, and the person he's, put out the he's slowly yeah. making his way up the ladder to find out who actually is, is wants him dead. But come on, it's Death of Wolverine. It's gonna be Sabretooth. No, because Sabretooth is in the issue. He's uh he's working as a, it's still gonna be Sabretooth. He's a, he's a slave <laughs> of uh, Viper. Yeah, it's still gonna be Sabretooth. <laughs> nah, <laughs> Sabretooth is definitely gonna kill no, him. It's not. Um, it's gonna be it Sabretooth. Uh, Hustle. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Charles, yeah, it's definitely gonna be him. Yeah, but I thought this was good. Um, it's, good. it's really well paced. It's like probably it's not like a super fast paced, crazy story, and it's not as epic as you imagine it would be. But, but it's kind of, but in a good way. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like an yeah. intimate kind of. It's going through like, it's like this a character thing. Yeah, like this is Wolverine in Canada in the first issue. The second issue is Madripoor. I think the third issue is Japan. Yeah, so it's like so kind of going through the history of Wolverine and. Uh, it's it's cool. It's very sentimental. And then at the end, he's going to die up in the second one a lot. So fighting Deadpool on top of like a nuclear power plant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of Wolverine's most memorable locations. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I thought it was good. I think this is this comic is part of the reason that we were so vehemently defending death in comics earlier yeah. in the podcast because it's a well done story. Right. So it's like if we can get this out of that, then you know that's not that's a bad fine. thing. Whatever. All right. Uh, up next, we've got Jim Henson's Storytellers, Witches. Our Jim Henson's Storyteller, The Witches. The yeah, story, Jim Henson's The, story the story Storyteller. Oh. Tale one of four witches. Yeah, so if, so Tale if guys, one of four, The Magic Swan Goose and the Lord of the Forest. Yes. That's a full title. Uh, and so this is, uh, if people remember Jim Henson's The Storyteller Hour, it I was do, like a, a really awesome TV show where they would sort of, um, you know, they would tell fable type stories with yeah. uh jim henson the puppets and it was always really awesome and incredible and a lot darker than the muppets but really cool so this first issue is uh written and drawn by sm vidari who's the guy that did iron which was a book that we which reviewed great and liked a lot and um 
Yeah. The, uh, basically, it is about a what a king that dies, right? Wait, just the king it's about die? a witch who, yeah, a, a girl who who figures out some witch and some magic and she gets um, banished to the forest, and then years later, somebody comes to the forest to cut down the biggest tree in the forest, and the lord of the forest curses the tree to, um, you know, curse the the person who wears the crown made of the tree. Yeah, and then of course you don't want to just say what happens throughout but an entire fable, but yeah, comes along, yeah, yeah, and uh, so. The the thing that really stands out about this, I mean, there are a few things. For one, it's a great fable. It you know feels like a classic fable, but I think it's yeah. you know an entirely new original story. Uh, two, the the art is really nice. It, it's all watercolor looking yeah. um, and really fantastic with a really cool like rabbit dude that reminds me of the characters in Iron yeah. <laughs> yeah. in a good way. And then, uh, but the page layouts are amazing. Yeah, it's really inventive. Like every page has its own kind of personality. The lettering is really great and is right. incorporated into the pages really well. They all the page like compositions out of some like medieval manuscripts. Yeah. And, um, and so all of that just like leads to a really enjoyable reading experience of a really cool fable. Yeah. And uh, this was a great comic and I would recommend it to anybody. Like I feel like kids could read this adults can read it it's just like and it's a cool standalone thing yeah i think each issue of this will be a different fairy tale fable by a different artist yeah yep, and the one, one in the next issue looks amazing too so really good yeah so uh definitely Ooh, check out in landscape format for the snow witch mm-hmm. uh, well i hate that but uh, um but still <laughs> yeah so check out jim henson's the storyteller witches by sm vidari a cool cool guy too yeah cool guy Cool guy. Cool guy. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got names number one. This is written by Peter Milligan, who, of course, wrote um, Infinity Incorporated. And uh, the art in this is by Leandro Fernandez, uh, an artist who I'm not aware of. But Punisher, the art. Oh, Fury. Oh, yeah, yeah. War. No, yeah. he didn't do Fury. He did. Couple of Punisher he did some Punisher stuff. Did though. some Hellblazer yeah. stuff. Yeah, he's got kind of an Eduardo Riso type style. Yeah, he did a lot of Hellblazer. Yeah. Uh, Jared, yes. what is this comic Jared, about? Jared, what is this comic about? I'm not quite sure. Okay. Uh, the opening thing is a man who is uh, basically manipulated into committing suicide. And then uh, his uh, widow is trying to investigate, like, why she's, like, almost positive that he didn't commit suicide. And so it was, like talking to her strange their strange son and like trying to figure out what happened um and so it's like investigating mystery things she's clearly like kind of a a tough chick who can like do some stuff on her own and is up for it yeah it's kind of a revenge Um, story i guess right yeah because then you start finding out that like he was mixed up in something and like clearly there are people who are setting him up and she's going out of her way to do it and it's like kind of the bad guys are kind of this uh uber kind of super corporation yeah type it was people. like that they're, with, they're secrets that they had to but almost like you know like over the top kind of almost like they're running the world um and they have kind of power over everything like it's like a really it's like the typical <laughs> the like techno thriller yeah. sort of you know not but even crazy because yeah, like they have like, thriller yeah they have a guy who works for them who's called like the scalpel and he you know he's like really pale and weird looking so there's kind of almost like a supernatural thing maybe but yeah i, I can't tell like fernandez's art is so cartoony at times i can't tell if he's just like drawing him weird to make him like look evil or it's just like a real act that's actually what the guy looks like but anyway, <laughs> but anyway the thing I, I liked about this is i i think katya the 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 wife is really cool like they said you know like we had to make her look like you know they show her like doing kickboxing and stuff like that that she's actually like physically capable of handling some of the stuff and like 
you know, she's a really cool character and like kind of dynamic going out on her own. But just like I think that cartoony dude like really threw me off. Like it seemed almost like the <laughs> style switched a little too much from page it's, to it's page. It's very weird. Yeah, um, but I like it. I like. I think too. I'll stick with it and see how we see where it goes. It's only eight issues. I'd, I'd oh, is say, it? right? Yeah, one of eight. There we go. Cool. Well, up next we've got uh, a new series from Image. This is called Oddly Normal. Uh, this is written and drawn by Otis Frampton, who's going to be coming and doing a signing at um, one of our stores, our Vienna store. One of our stores. One of them. <laughs> you know, well, you guys figure it out. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and this is the first issue. Basically, it follows a girl named Oddly Normal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's the only thing I didn't like about this. I didn't like that her really? name was Oddly Normal. Yeah. It's a. Um, it's not even like a name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, but that is her name. But her parents seem pretty oblivious. So, you know, I could definitely see them yeah. doing something like that. But I kind of liked it that it was um, kind of this girl that's like, you know, half half magic character, half yeah, human. She, yeah. And she goes to a school, which is just normal people. And yeah. she's kind of, uh, yeah, half magical creature, half human. She has green hair and pointy ears. And everybody at school makes fun of her. And this takes place on her birthday. Yeah. Her, her, her mom is literally a witch from a magical kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so she heads home where her parents have planned a birthday party for her. Uh, at, but she doesn't have any friends. So, so nobody shows up. Yeah. So nobody shows up. Her parents don't understand. They're just completely oblivious to everything in her life and seem to be very interested in each other. Yeah. And as Jared said, her mom's a witch and her dad's a human. And so she wishes for them to both disappear. And then uh, some stuff happens after that. You might be able to guess what it is. <laughs> but uh, I, I read the first two issues because they um, they sent us a PDF of it. Um, well, we shouldn't say much about the second issue. I won't say so. a lot about the second issue, but I will say that um, there's kind of a little bit more of a world building going on in the second issue. Yeah, I would yeah. imagine this first issue definitely seems to be like an inciting incident that's going to get her into you know, whatever kind of situation the right, comic right. is actually going to be about. Yeah, and I got a little more interested in it in the second issue. Yeah. Um, so if you don't completely, uh, aren't completely invested by the end of the first issue, I think it ramps you up will in the be second. by the second Worth one. Yeah. It. Um, and the best thing about this, I, th- I would say, is probably the colors. I think the colors are really quite great. I mean, they do a good job of representing her kind of sad, drab like world. Emotional state. And yeah, uh, yeah they def- definitely have like different color schemes for different sort of moods in the book of which yeah. there are a couple yeah and uh and the art school you know it's a, it's a simple style kind of reminds me of gunner Creek court or something like that right but uh yeah i i was interested in the first issue i'll be curious to see where it goes yep and for those of you in the dc area he's a local writer artist so it's, yeah it's who's also, gonna be at our vienna location on wednesday october 8th also one of the few at, um, some time of the day <laughs> one of the few image books that i uh, feel is all ages um yeah that's true maybe the only one is there more not many yeah, revenge <laughs> Uh, All right, up next, we've got Pop Number One. This is written by Kurt Pyers with art by Jason Copeland. Uh, And this is about uh, the idea of manufactured pop stars. Man, I love this comic. Taken to the extreme. I did not love this comic. Nick, why don't you tell people what this is about? Jared, how could you not love this comic? God, it's great. So basically, this comic is about this corporation that kind of creates pop stars in a lab. um, And their newest pop star that they're about to unveil escapes... And um, is you know they're trying to track her down, um, and they send this assassin to to go kill her. And the, when we're introduced to these uh, these uh, these two assassins that are that are going to hunt her down, um, they're shooting the kneecaps out of Justin Bieber, uh, who's actually what is his name in this? Justin, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber. Yeah, this is basically Justin Bieber. Um, so that part was great. They, they shot I his kneecaps that part out. Was terrible. Oh, that's so good. Um, but I like this whole idea of kind of these 
oh, this over the top thing where they, this lab is creating pop stars and um, just to make money. Um, I don't know. It's yeah, I thought that part was good. I didn't like that they had to use a Dustin Beaver. Like, I mean, that's fine. You have to do a real person and just get sued or come up with something like that. Just, I mean, that you know, they me mentioned so like of it. Britney like, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, but that's fine. Yeah, I don't well, have a problem. Like with international it. megastar Justin. I'm, I'm like somewhere. Fine. I'm like somewhere in between the two yeah. of you. Yeah, I don't like the parody stuff that much. Yeah. Although Nick told me you like that itty bitty bunnies comic that has like the like a, it's like a Breaking Bad parody. Oh, is that the one? And it, they're all different. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I liked it. I thought the the the, the personality of the. Uh, the main character. The main character is like the the girl that's on the loose and the uh, it's got a very Fifth Element kind of thing going smoke on. Smoke induced that that kind of finds her and it's she's like Lilu. Yeah, and then the uh, the big corporation guys are like very ridiculous white suit guys, and there's nanobots inside of her skin tracking her, and they have to tear it out. And I don't know, there's some cool sci-fi stuff going on. I liked it. That's pop. That's pop. Pop pop. This is pop <laughs> uh all right up next we've got prometheus fire and stone number one one of jared's favorite movies of 2012 yep. or 11 you uh, hate Prome- but prometheus but surprisingly right? i like this comic i little, like the movie prometheus i like the movie prometheus yeah uh, i actually boy. only watched it about like five months ago oh, yeah. i thought you were gonna say five times i've probably seen prometheus five times wow. i've only seen it once but it was like five months ago the the only real problem i have with prometheus which is not a problem that anybody who hates the movie has is that uh guy pierce is in it but only in old man makeup so why not just hire an old man and <laughs> right. i know it's because they shot other scenes when he was young that didn't make it into the movie but i just think it's really funny to have a yeah. person be in your movie in old man makeup yeah. only does he play Wayland? Is that what yeah. he plays? Yeah. yeah. Um, Sir Wayland. Yeah. Peter. Uh, and uh, yeah, so this is a comic about uh, Prometheus. It's I don't, about these What does Prometheus. Oh, hold on one, just once. What does the Prometheus line mean? Uh, because so it's basically. Line? Like, like it's you know, one of these is an line. alien comic, one's a Prometheus this comic. This is an alien comic. Yeah, that's right. what I think. It's just an alien comic. Um. Well, basically, the, the people in this are going to investigate, investigate this planet Prometheus. that nobody's heard yeah. of, and it's actually the planet where Prometheus took place, and it's um, where Wayland died. And, yeah. it, and and at the end, all those genetic experiments get loose. And yeah, one basically, of, one of them is the alien yeah. from aliens. Um, basically, they're on a, a mission to investigate this planet, and only the captain knows this is the planet where the Prometheus things took place. So everyone else yeah. thinks it's just an abandoned planet, and she's like, clearly something happened, like. Uh, Wayland flew out here to do something. So I want to find out what happened. Yeah, so they get there, and most of them think that there's going to be nothing going on. It's going to be barren. And then they find this crazy jungle with a lot of really weird creatures. And in a lot it. of massacred animals. Yeah. And uh, it's all aliens. Yeah, and then from, they... From aliens. And then they find the ship from Prometheus. And they yep, and then like. we see that inside there are some aliens. So I'll say that this is part of a line. Um, there's, there's this comic. There's an Aliens comic. There's a Predator comic. And there's an Aliens versus Predator comic Sweet. that all tie into this in somehow. I thought... So yeah. I've got a few questions. It looks like there's a, a builder. In oh, the are we not issue. to Q&A yet? Is there a builder in the next issue? What is that? What do they call it? Is that what engineer? Engineer. There's yeah. an engineer in the Bob next Bob the Builder's issue. in the next issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I have a few questions. Question number one. I thought Kelly Sue DeConnick was somehow involved in this. I remember seeing her name involved really? with this stuff. Okay. Got me. No answer for that. I have question. no idea. Uh, question number two. Um, why writing something different. Why is it called... Why is the other one called Aliens? Why is the second crappy movie taken over... The second movie is great. No. The second movie is great. So why is it taken over when Alien is the real Alien movie? Because and believe... Aliens is the crappy movie where that little blonde girl wears a helmet and salutes. Because <laughs> that movie is great. And also, awesome uh, but film. 
Because uh, there's more than one alien. Okay. Sure. That's so. a good enough reason for me. <laughs> yeah. But then why is it alien versus predator? Because there's only one. Well, is you it, have already. You don't know. <laughs> and then why is it Prometheus? But I it's guess also, what, it's is also one predator. Yeah, I don't know. Alien versus predator would it would be one alien versus one predator, right? Well, because so. it's aliens. It's alien versus predator. Would it be is aliens the movie. versus predators. Because <laughs> in the movie there are multiple aliens. What about aliens versus Prometheuses or Promethea? Promethei. Promethea. <laughs> um, so that's all. I just uh, are they called Promethea, and then there's multiple ones are Prometheas. <laughs> I don't know. You speak Greek, uh, so that's the only weird thing. I just wanted to let everybody know. Yeah, let everybody know. And um, that alien is the whole than thing aliens. is wrapped up in Prometheus Omega. I didn't say it was better in than Aliens. They're very different films, but Aliens is also great. They are different films, but there's aliens in this. Hey, so. you know, I'm not against it. I think Terminator Two is better than Terminator One. Uh, maybe so. it's debatable. That's I'm probably me. that's true. where I'm at. I think Terminator Three is better than Alien. <laughs> Alien Terminator no. Three. I'm just, no. Wow, I was like, <laughs> it's better than Alien Three. Uh, yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Oh yep. man, I watched Alien Three again recently. Ugh. It's really bad. It's so bad. I think Alien Four is better than Alien Three. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's much better, and it's not good. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's okay until <laughs> the end, and then but it's, it's better. That that was like when we were talking about Days of Future Past today, and it's like. Oh, yeah, it's the best X-Men movie, but it's still not a good movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, although, yeah. It's, a, it's an all right, man. Did you guys like the mo- the most recent Wolverine movie? I like parts of it. Yeah, God. I thought it was like kind of fun. God, yeah, it was fun. No? God, no. The end is terrible. The end is terrible. I, thought, I, the, I, I liked the it, but then cool. I hated it after the last 20 minutes. <laughs> the last, yeah, the end yeah. is really bad. But uh, the rest of it was cool. It's okay up until that point, but then that, that ruins it so badly that I, it just it sucks. The first one's cool because it has... Somebody named Moon Bloodstone in it. <laughs> it's got uh, Emma Frost in it. Yeah. Wait, no? <laughs> yeah. Is she in it? Yeah. Oh, she's like young Emma Frost. Yeah. But then in Days of Future Past. And Gambit. Or what's the first one uh, with the new kids? New with class? Jennifer Lawrence and stuff? Oh, man. First Class. Yeah, first first class. class, yeah. January Jones is so funny in that movie. She's so bad. The best part of that whole movie is when... I might have talked about this on the podcast before. You probably have. When Kevin Bacon is like uh he's like i need some ice for my drink and then she like crawls out of the top of a submarine and like chips some ice off a glacier and brings it inside it's good that's oh, so good anyway up next we've got wayward number what if one the freezer wasn't working i mean it might Did not skip, have been skip this i was gonna do that Come last. Back to, uh, yeah. all right all right uh aren't we talking about some other comic that's not on our list oh yeah up next is uh super secret crisis war fosters home for imaginary friends i oh, didn't read it the... but i bet it's got great art yeah i haven't oh. read it yet oh well let's talk tell about us, it next week okay. no let's just talk about it next week anyway uh you guys probably know paulina she does all our art for our podcast yeah. yep uh she put out a comic this week that she drew the entire thing it's a fosters home for imaginary friends comic and if you like this podcast you should buy it yep you should. especially if you like our podcast pictures yes yeah um all right up next, we've got Wayward Number One. This is written by Jim Zub, who writes uh, Samurai Jack, and the art in this is by Steve Cummings. Does he write Super Secret Crisis? No, no, good. that's uh, Louise Simonson. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, and uh, the art in this is by Steve Cummings. Wayward Number One, I thought was going to be like basically a Buffy comic, but that's not really what it is at all. 
It's it's got. I mean, maybe it kind of is. It's got tones of Buffy yeah. on it. So, uh, uh, it's about a girl who's moving to a, a new, new place. A new place. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's meeting some new friends. Yep, and she meets some new friends, and she finds out that she's a vampire named Angel. <laughs> she finds out that she's um, magical things. Around. She finds out that she's kind she's of the a, chosen one. <laughs> she's the chosen one in this supernatural world, and um, she's got natural inherent abilities she didn't know about to fight monsters. And, and then, she's fighting these demonic creatures. Yeah, that yep. she's never seen before. Yep, and then she finds out that other people. Also have superpowers around her. She so, meets a mysterious uh, stranger who saves her in an alley who's got superpowers. Yep. His name are we is talking Angel? about Wayward or Buffy? <laughs> uh, there are monsters who can pass for human except when they try to kill you and they turn into monsters. So it's definitely got a lot of Buffy um, kind of influence in but it. But it's set in Japan. Yeah. So was it good? I thought it was really fun. I thought it was yeah, okay. I thought it was fun too. I'll be curious to see where the second issue goes because basically everything that we just said is everything that happens in the first issue. Yes, yeah. she fights some uh, yokai. Yeah. She fights some uh, kapus, right? Is that what they're called? Kappa. Yeah, kappa. kappa. Kappas. And somebody's even like, I liked them better when they were little turtle dudes. Which yeah, is with true. Their heads. Yeah. They're much yeah. cuter. But yeah, so her name's Rory Lane. She's I wish uh, you watch one of those Yokai Monsters movies tonight. Oh, I want to watch no, one of <laughs> uh, But yeah, she's half Japanese, half Irish, and so her parents are divorced, and she moves with her mom uh, to visit to stay with her mom in Japan and quickly runs into monsters. Yep. And finds out that there are other people who can jump around. And That's all the fight stuff monsters, we just said. <laughs> but she can fight monsters. Yep. It's cool. And it's I, cool. I really like the art. I thought the art was very bright. Cover says cartoony. special thanks to Charles Soule, by the way. Yep. Does it? What did he do? Special thanks to Joss Whedon. Yep. Uh, all right. Up next, we've got Wild's End number one. This is written by Dan Abnett with art by INJ Colbard. You may know their work together on New Dead Wardians and also adaptations of like. Did, did they both do work on Dark Ages? And Dark Ages. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, Wild's End is Wind in the Willows meets War of the Worlds. So, Souls. I will say N.J. <laughs> Culbert, Culbert is one of two artists that is drawing at least three or more books currently on the stands. He's drawing Dark Ages, Wild's End. Uh-huh. And Brass Sun. Brass Sun. Oh, yeah. Which is already finished, Possibly but yeah. Possibly another one. Because Brass Sun was in 2000 AD, right? And right, that was yeah. coming out. But so, yeah, he's drawing all those. But he's also doing like these. You Celeste know, graphic novel and all these novels, other. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about the wild world of INJ Culver. Him and um, Piotr Kowalski, who's, yeah. who's currently drawing like 15 books. Marvel Knights Hulk. He's doing Marvel Knights Hulk. Yeah, he's doing <laughs> the, the Dark Tower books. He's doing Nightbreed. He's drawing sex. Sex? <laughs> yeah. Possibly another book. Uh, maybe a RoboCop. I don't know. He's not drawing RoboCop. He drew a RoboCop. Yeah, he drew one of the issues of that ro- <laughs> the movie stuff. Uh, yeah, so... Yeah. I.J. Cobbard and Dad Emmett. What's Wild's End about? Uh, it is about a town of anthropomorphic animals. This is the one comic I could sum up in one sentence. Yeah, it's where the wild things are. No. No. Wind of the Willows meets uh, War of the Worlds. That's it. Yeah. That's all you need That's to like know. That's like all you need to know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, and- ba- but basically, um, all these people in this town are kind of aware that something bad is happening. Or, well, actually, they're no, no, not aware. Nobody's aware. They're yeah. not aware that something bad is happening. Just the town drunk. And then the town drunk tells them that something bad is happening. They don't believe him. And then some alien stuff happens. Yeah. yeah. And, and there's a newcomer in the town who's Mr. kind of... Slipaway, who's a war veteran. Yeah, he's a war veteran. And, and you know... Um, so, kind of the best thing about this, and is also the worst thing about this, in a way, it's that they spend a lot of time building up all these characters and sort of showing their personalities. But I think that's great. I think that's... Um, it just takes a little while. Like I wish. That- I remember Kendall was saying that he 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 felt it was a little slow up until that point, but I think that I think that was kind of the point to kind of make it feel more like Wind in the Willows, where their lives are kind of boring and very average, and you very, know they get together to, to have town. meetings about little festivals and painting houses. I don't have stuff. problems with any of that. What I would have liked to see was a little more of a hint of something ominous before we got into all that. 
Yeah, we just oh, got I the see. thing at the beginning. Yeah, that's you get the, you get like the shooting star thing at the beginning. But that's it. Yeah. yeah I, so so that's all. Like you know, just a little something yeah. before all that. But uh, yeah. But overall, I thought it was good. And also, you know, that's the beginning of the first of six issues. Yeah. So so overall in the story, it's not going to. And feel... I thought the tone was great. Very kind of uh, old English town. kind yeah. of Feel like yeah. It almost know. feels like um, you know, like Hot Fuzz or something like that. Yeah. Like yeah. a little or, town like that. Uh, Oh, what's that? Anim- all animals, great and small. What is that show? Oh, all creatures, great all and small. Creatures, yeah, great yeah. And small. Um, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, and it's really good, and the, and the characters are really well defined, and it's it's good stuff. All right, we have one more book this week. This is Doing. Teen Dog. Yes, number one. <clears throat> this is by Jake Lawrence. This is the next book in Boombox. And if you haven't been following the Boombox line of books, it's the where they all the good comics come out of. Yeah. Uh, they put out uh, Lumberjanes and Midas Flesh, mm-hmm. and now is this Wood's right? part of that too. Uh, I'm not sure if Woods is. It, oh, no, no. I think that's just Boom. Is it just Boom? Yeah. But uh, so <clears throat> Teen Dog, is. Uh, it comes out of a, a webcomic by Jake Lawrence, uh, who um, he's been doing a bunch of smaller strips online. And that's kind of what this is as well. It's like a collection of really short things uh, talking about uh, a very cool teen dog. Yeah, so it's almost like kind of sh- short strips that make the longer story but i think that works really really well because it kind of gives it like almost a, a punch or like a like a gag for every like yeah yeah I, there's I always really well. yeah um and there's a gag every at least every two pages yeah and and so the thing about teen dog is he's like you know he's like a cool rebel in everybody's mind but he's also like very sort of connected to the universe yeah, yeah. and very sweet and very sweet yeah. at the same time yeah and he loves pizza and uh yeah so he's kind of like this cross between um like poochie from the simpsons he is yeah, poochie he from is, the simpsons yeah but, but crossed with like i don't know like someone from dazed and confused or you know like yeah like, like matthew mcconaughey yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then he's got like a lot of zach morris going on as well like from saved by the bell maybe a little bit of scott pilgrim too yeah yep yeah and uh the art is incredible i mean um I feel like a lot of people say this art looks like Scott Pilgrim, but I feel like that's just people what? who no way. only like see comics like this every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. But uh, no, his his art style is very like um, I don't know. It just looks like Jake Lawrence. I've seen so much of his stuff now. Yeah, he's like so all good. of his uh, all of his stuff on Tumblr is great. Yeah. So um, what I like about this is I feel like there's not a wasted word in this comic. Like everything's mm. kind of it you know, feels very simple, but at the same time, I feel like everything is um, crafted. Like just to perfection. Yeah, I mean, the, the fact like, that it's so tight. <clears throat> the fact that every two or three pages kind of builds to like a little punchline, and they're kind of mini chapters, kind of helps that kind of focus. So like you know, each you know two page comic leads to like a joke. So there's there's very it's very focused, um, it, which kind of it loses a little bit of the kind of overall story, maybe, but maybe not. But I, I think know. that's like that's the, kind of that's the, like half the point of it. Yeah, and that's like, kind of how it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I love all the characters. I love Teen Dog. Uh, I love, I love Thug, Thug Pug. Thug Pug's cool. I love Sarah Sado, yeah, star she, quarterback. The quarterback. She's awesome. She's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the just girl like with the, the shaved uh, Mariella. Yeah, she's yeah. Too. Uh, I just like I love everything about this just comic. The whole world is really cool. It's like the kind of thing that um, you know I try to write comics, and it's like the kind of thing that you look at and it looks so, so easy. Simple. Yeah, but like it's just so well done. Yep. And I don't know for him like he spends a lot of time working on this. Uh, I I would assume he does because it's just like I don't know. Like, I think he's just really cool. Yeah, maybe maybe Jake Lawrence is like Teen Dog in real from, life. Like, Australia, or yeah, he's from Australia. Yeah, that, yeah. that does it. Does he like? He's pizza? already cool. Yeah, he, I bet he does. He probably wears sandals. <laughs> he calls them thongs. <laughs> um, yeah, so I would recommend Teen Dog. It's sure. uh, 
it's not for everybody. I've been trying to sell it to everybody, and people are like, "No, no, give me Death of Wolverine." Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I thought I thought it was incredible, it's and so I think good. if you like this podcast and if you like the stuff that we like, you will like Teen Dog. I feel like yep. this week, check out Teen Dog. If it's not your thing, get Copperhead. Oh yeah, those yeah. are both really good. Um, so yeah, those are two d- distinct things, but um, I feel like if you don't like one, you'll probably like. And if you do like both of them, buy Wild's End as well. Yep. Yes. And, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's kind of in the the in between those two. But uh, definitely defying Miss Doctor Mirage. There's so many yeah. good things. As yeah, well. and definitely buy that Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends comic because Paulina, she like family. Paulina, she, she is family. She is family. She is family. Okay. Well, that's it for this week, you no, guys. It's not. We should talk about a game. Oh, is it time to play the game? We're an hour into this thing. Oh, your baby. Let's okay, do let's it. do it. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Lemmy's here, you guys. <laughs> hey, Lemmy, what's it like being in Motorhead? Uh, is, you know, is, um, you know, I like playing <laughs> band and music. And, uh, and, yeah. Was it cool being in Hawkwind? I like like Hoffman in the movies. Uh, When you uh, guest starred on The Young Ones, how was that? Yeah, I bring it. I hang my mason. Cool. Well, that was our interview with Lemmy. Time to play the game. Time to play the Uh, are we going to review the game? I think we should just leave now. Let's just talk about it real quick. Okay. It's good. So, uh, yeah, last, so last week instead of, or it was the week before actually, last week we were all scrambling trying to get ready for SPX, so that's why we didn't do the podcast. Um, but the week before that we But the week the before podcast. that we didn't do the podcast because we all came and we played the Bravest Warriors dice game. Which was awesome. Which was awesome. And, uh, so what we were going to do is we were going to play the game, like we are just going to play a round or two and then... And um, review it. And review it. But what happened was... We lost badly. Yeah. So, uh, so Bravest Warriors dice game is a, a cooperative dice game. I think you can play with up to six players. I think so. And, uh, we were playing with four people. It was me, Jared, Nick, and Kelly. And, um... Basically, what you're trying to do is you roll a pool of dice, and then each character, each person has uh, different cards and different um, abilities, and you try to use those cards and abilities to match the dice to what's yeah, drawn like, each round. Yeah, so each round you draw a card, and it has like a, like these pictures of dice that you have to match up to that. And so what you're doing is trying to make your dice match up to that, and if you don't, there are penalties. And yep. and if you do, you gain points, and then once you get a certain number of points, you win the game. And if you fail each round, then you get a penalty. But if you fail five times, you lose. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and there's also – so you put out the card that says you have to roll this this set of dice to win this round. Then there's another card that modifies that to make it harder or weirder. Yeah, or sometimes easier. Yeah, or changes the rules or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And so uh, so we, we played a game of it, and we got really close to winning, but we lost. Yeah. And so we were like – Oh, we get we to play another one. We yeah, so like four times. Yeah, so we got better, and then we kept playing. We were and, so close. Yeah, and we we got so close and, and lost. Yeah, and then we lost again. But then finally we won, it and was, it was super satisfying, it was yeah. and it was really fun. Yeah, it's just like a really it's a really fun game. Yeah, yeah and so it's not just that, but you each pick a character to play from Adventure Time. Yeah, and each character has from different abilities. Right. Thank you. Yeah. You kind of have to learn their abilities and yep. and how they're they could be. They're all kind of useful in their own way. We just um, we weren't sure which ones were the right. better ones or how to use them. Yeah, so like a lot of good games, it's like it's 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 really easy to get started on. Yes, but then the more you play it, the it's more like the, the, nuanced it yeah. you, you notice it is. And 
what I liked about this game is because everybody everybody rolls their dice together and it goes into this collective pool and then you're all making decisions together. It uh, it feels like a truly cooperative game. Yes, yeah. Like everybody's working together at the same time. Like a lot and, of games, and, like and all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like it's my turn to help us out. It's like everyone's like, oh, we can all do this together. And yeah, it's not like like say like Arkham Horror, which <clears throat> yeah. is a cooperative game, but everybody's taking their turn, kind of doing yeah. their own thing. And this, it was like you really felt like everybody was working together, and right. I think it it was just a lot of fun. My favorite thing was I like that part a lot, but like the dice and just all the the looks of it, it just made it so bright and fun to look at. Yeah. Just everything. So every time you're rolling things or flipping cards, it was like a new Be- because it is cat bugs. Thing. I rolled three cat bugs. Yes. It is. It is a yeah. That's the thing. Like the dice have what cat bugs, bees. What else were on falcons? Falcons. Yeah. It's it's all, bear. It's all the yeah. um. It's you, all like you can the play impossible animals and roll impossible. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, it, it, and it's kind of a game that could be adapted to any license, yeah. probably. But because it was Bravest Warriors, it, it yeah, it gives us so this well. fun, bright yeah. thing. Uh, and Bravest Warriors, the show, is so much about like teamwork and everybody working together. So, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. Really, really fun. And uh, man, Bloody, I kind of want to play it now. Bloody yeah. brilliant. We Bloody get brilliant. Some. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the game, Lemmy? All right. Well, that's it for this uh, episode of the Pink Planet Comics podcast. Right? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, all right. I'm going to say goodbye, Jared. What do you going to say? I want to say see you. Nick, what do you got to say? Rock on. Motorhead. Uh, what about you, Lemmy? <laughs> I'm going to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>